All right, so welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we are having our fourth nerd fest, where we're just going to be sharing some of our nerdy interests. Yay. <laughs> Did we have any news or announcements? Anything happening? I don't have anything for I... Star Trek, but Henry Cavill was just announced to be playing Geralt in the in Netflix's Witcher series. And what the heck? <laughs> I, I I'm not familiar with the Witcher series. I'm familiar with Henry Cavill. It's it's I know it could be okay. It could I mean it's I'm optimistic. You're optimistic. The The last thing I heard about Henry Cavill, I believe, was his incredibly stupid comments about the, I guess you could say, the tone that the Me Too movement is setting and how he's, like, afraid to, like, flirt with a woman or something because he doesn't want to be accused of rape. And it was like, really? Really? Do you... Great. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was the last thing I'd, I'd seen or heard of Henry Cavill, so I'm a little less enchanted with him than I used to have been. To be fair, while I love The Witcher, it is mm. a very sexist series, so yeah, I'm mm. sure he will fit right in. Ah, okay. I do love it, though. I can't... I can't... I just love it. Yeah. Anyways, that aside, I don't, I don't have anything Star Trek. I just... The only Star Trek thing I've seen is, I guess, a bunch of the uh, cast from Star Trek The Next Generation, mm -hmm. like, got together for dinner. I did see those pictures. Everybody looked really old. <laughs> yes. Um, and they, sh well, they're all in, like, their 60s and 70s now. Um, so, yeah, so there's some uh, cool pictures floating around of them just, like... And it's just the typical, like, you're out to dinner with friends you haven't seen in a long time, and so you can get the waiter to take a photo kind of pictures. And, uh, yeah. I liked it. Uh, I was just checking. My phone usually feeds me Star Trek news, but I got nothing. Mm-hmm. I think after their big, like, convention news drops. Yeah, they're taking a break well, until closer yeah. to... That makes sense. Yeah. I think we'll start seeing maybe promo in about a month for some of the stuff coming up in December, maybe hearing some stuff. Yeah. Um, all the panels for New York city comic con are released tomorrow. So oh, I'll know okay. if anybody's going to be there tomorrow, although mm -hmm. nothing's finalized. They can always change, but yes. Yeah. And then probably like, yeah, New York city comic con will be in a month. Yeah. And, a month. Uh, oh my God, it yeah. is a month from today. I'll be in New York. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm assuming that they're that it will be the next time they sort of release new images or anything like that. Any major news they're probably going to save for for an event like that. So, all right, shall we get into the nerds? Not yes. that Star Trek isn't nerdy, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Now we thought we would just sort of open up the show, just talking about sort of our current nerd things that are happening right now. So like nerdy or like what books have you read what games have you played what sort of things have you been watching that kind of stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so did you want me to go to first or you want to go first uh you can go first this was your your idea okay 
Um, so I will start with what I've been reading because mm -hmm. I just actually finally finished a book. I've been sort of going through a reading dry spell and I finally finished Jane Austen's Persuasion. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, I'd never read it before. So I'm, I was kind of set myself up on a mission to read through all the Jane Austen works because I'd really only read Pride and Prejudice. Pride and, Prejudice. Yeah. and I think I read Sense and Sensibility years ago as well. Persuasion is so my favorite. I found it dragged in the middle, but I, I also have a difficult time like reading uh, the classics. Mm. Uh, so, but at least now I can, with a good conscience, watch... Uh, adaptations. Gotcha. Would you be and interested in reading a sci-fi adaptation? Oh, absolutely. I will. I will link. You'll... I will. I'll look it up for you. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah. So now that I've read the original, I can go through and like watch adaptations. And I think, I think I've only got one more to go. But it's been a project I started years ago now, so I'd have to double check my list. I'm actually going to have to find the physical book on my shelf because I don't remember the name or the author. Okay. That's going to be fun. <laughs> you need to organize the shelves anyways, right? So. Oh my God. But that's going to, you don't, it's not just the shelves that I posted that picture of. It's like the, sh oh. the shelf in my bedroom and the other shelf in my bedroom and the pile of books on the floor in my bedroom in front of the shelf and the pile of books in the other room and then the books that are just on my desk and the books that are in my closet. I just, ugh. Kate loves books and she has lots of I them. I am pretty sure, like the last time I counted, I had like, I had over 500. I am pretty sure it has doubled since then. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, some of these. the next time I will probably see you is at your birthday. So don't bring a book. You've, <laughs> no, I won't. Okay. But you've got some time. It's not like, you know, you're going to be rushed to sort the books. No, this is fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then the thing I started reading next was A Nancy Boys by Neil Gaiman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that how you say his name? I think it's Gaiman. Gaiman? Okay, by Neil Gaiman. I could be wrong. And I'm sort of reading along with a group of people, and we're going to try and discuss a chapter a week, and I will hopefully keep up with that. Cool, cool. Because I'm also, of course, reading two textbooks for my courses as well. Cool. So... So yeah, that's what I'm reading. And then I'm also carrying on with uh, Batman and Son uh, graphic novel. Cool. As well. So yeah, that's what I've been reading. And did you want to share what you're reading or should I just keep going? The last thing I read, I'm, well, I mean, I'm reading The Hobbit for my other podcast. Of course. Um, what else have I been reading? I read a romance book recently that wasn't terribly nerdy. The final Kate Daniels book just came out that I have to read, but I haven't started it yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking forward to that. Although then it'll be over. I did reread the entirety of the Anne of Green Gables series recently, and that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. I've never read the entire series. It's... When you're reading it all in one go, it's very repetitive mm, because mm -hmm. it, it does follow like a formula of and meets new people. They have fun adventures. Right. You know, and then yeah. something happens in their lives. Mm -hmm. But they're fun mm -hmm. and I like them. Hmm. Okay. What other nerdy things have I been doing? I have been 
watching uh, season one of Marvel's The Daredevil. Oh, that one's really good. Yeah, yeah. I've been pleasantly surprised. I have to sort of turn away and flinch a lot. Yeah. Because it is quite, you know, gruesome yep. at points. Uh, but the story is good enough and compelling enough that it sort of keeps me coming along. And I'm really interested to see how this one and, like, the Jessica Jones and um, the Defenders kind of fit into the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and mesh with the other shows and movies and things like that. Uh, so that's been interesting. And then... I've also done a little bit of video games because my children were exposed to Minecraft and now have Minecraft fever. Ah, yes. So, because it's not something my husband or I ever played before, Mm -hmm. we didn't want to just, like, install it on a personal device and be like, here you go, because we know inevitably what's going to happen is, like, ten minutes in, they're going to be like, how do we do this? How do we do this? do this and so we installed it on our xbox so that we could all be sort of playing together a bit and we could get a feel for it Mm -hmm. and uh what you're supposed to do and how it all works and so that's what this weekend has been it's been getting a feel for minecraft fun sorta well you have a different take on i mean no I don't have the personality suited to being a parent. So if I had kids who suddenly got into something and then uh, that I had never been into, I'd be more than happy to say, I don't know, you figure it out. Yeah. I, this is why I'm not a parent. <laughs> the, the beginning bit was very frustrating because they like had seen people who had learned it already. Yeah. Right? So there was a, a bit of like polish and like purpose to what they were doing and so they were expecting to just be able to do that (laughs) so ah hard lessons learned yeah there was some some tense moments and they're picking it up now though they're they're getting a little bit better and um my husband went through and created a bunch of stuff like he built a lighthouse thing and uh uh, castle and and so the kids now have like places to run around and through and do stuff gotcha so it's keeping them a little happier while they figure out all the different buttons and things and I think I would like it a lot more if I didn't have if I wasn't playing with other people yeah so but they just want to play together so far cuckoo so yeah, how about you? Have you done any nerdy uh, TV viewing or movies or gaming or? Um, I've been watching some anime, which is very stereotypical me. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot. Oh, I'm trying to get caught up on Sailor Moon Crystal, which I'm behind on. And mm-hmm. then I was watching this other one that was just about two kids in middle school and how they teased each other. And it was it was just funny. I forget what it was called. Yeah, but it was just funny and cute, and I liked it. Um, yeah, I have no idea what that one was called, though. And that was fun. And, I mean, I, I watched the Hobbit mo- the final Hobbit movie this weekend also, but again, that was for the other podcast. Okay. 
um, which I hadn't seen since it was in theaters. Boy, how did they mess those movies up? But whatever. I go in depth in that elsewhere. <laughs> yes. But you played a board game recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, we played a bunch of board games uh, on Sunday with some friends. Mm-hmm. We played Disney Codenames, which, oh. <laughs> which was an adventure playing with eight adults, some of whom are very into Disney, some of whom are very not into Disney. <laughs> So okay. we we put it on the word side with Disney codenames. There's a word side and a picture side. And right. they'd be like, Linguini? What does that have to do with Disney? And then you flip it over <laughs> and it's like somebody's face. And it's like, yes, that is a character in this movie. And there yes. was one where somebody asked like five times, what is Pongo? And it was, it was hilarious. Um, and we played Survive, which is a game where you're on an island that's like sinking and has a a volcano that will blow and you got to get all your people off except oh, okay. you also kind of want to send sharks and whales and sea monsters after your other after your uh, opponents mm. and okay. i'm notoriously bad at that game so that was fun and then we played a game called my little scythe okay which is actually designed by a father and daughter from here in vancouver oh and it's sort of you you play a cute little beast. Mm-hmm. I was I was the monkeys, um, mm-hmm. and you're trying to win trophies. You have to win four four trophies to win. You have to have a certain number of friendship points. Okay. In order to win trophies, but you can stall the other people by doing mean things to them, for which you lose friendship points. I see. And if you like, go into certain like if you go into a, a space on the board that already has somebody on it then you have a pie fight with them so you have to keep your pie numbers up too (laughs) that sounds like a a lot of micromanaging um there's a lot of different ways to win so there's a lot of things that you can do or ignore because you have to get four trophies but i think there's eight possible trophies uh it's sort of uh, um maybe you have to play it to get it but it is a little uh my little pony inspired so our friends bought it for their or with their eight, nine-year-old? God, I forget how old she is now. She's going into grade four. So whatever age that is. And we've, Yeah, that would be nine. Yeah, and we played it with her on Sunday. and It was a lot of fun. She is a bit of a prude, though. So anytime any of the adults swore, we got a stern talking to. Uh, sorry. <laughs> From the nine-year-old. From, oh, okay. You played with the nine-year-old. Yes. And yeah. Anyways, I won that game. It was a lot of fun. Okay. We were instructed by her parents to play ruthlessly. So we were like, all right, let's do this. Good. Good. And yeah, we all had a good time. And a lot of food. Mm. Um, other nerdy things are that I'm still DMing our D&D game. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Yeah, for, going well. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess. We had to sort of leave the one in the middle of a big battle last time because of time. So right. hopefully I'll get to kill them next time. Every DM's dream. Having a fight with a dragon while you get to be the dragon is a lot of fun. Like, oh, all right, yeah. acid breath time, bitches. <laughs> and then they're all, oh no, we're going to die. And I'm like, I have given you so many magical items that you are obviously forgetting about. So you don't have to die. This is your own fault. 
You're sounding like every dungeon master I have talked to now. <laughs> uh, I gave them so many magical items and they didn't use any of them. <laughs> I've literally given them a knife that if they, like, stab someone with, it heals them. Oh. So, like, they're not going to die if they remember they have that knife. And, right. like, I've given them some fun potions. I've given them... Well, anyways, it's fine. To be fair, one of them did miss getting her staff twice that I have placed in the game for her. So, it's fine. I think that's my nerdiness. That's your current nerdiness? Yeah. I mean, I edited two podcasts yesterday. That's, that's kind of yes. nerdy. That is kind of nerdy. Most of my other nerdiness is, like, work nerdiness. Mm. Which is not as fun. Uh, for reasons that I'm not going to go into here, um, my work makes me hate the island, uh, Vancouver Island. I, I hate Vancouver it. Island. I hate it yeah. so much. And so at work, uh. whenever it upsets me, I talk about burning it down. And then eventually I started, whenever something upsets, something like completely unrelated upsets me or even upsets somebody else, I'll just be mm -hmm. like, let's send it to the island and burn it all down. <laughs> and I've started saying that to people in my life too like when something right. random upsets them I'm just like we'll send it to the island and we'll burn it all down and they have like no context for where this came from i'll be like yeah just just i just don't like the island <laughs> let's not get into it fun times mm -hmm. yeah okay so uh were we taking turns on who goes first we probably were but who the heck knows I don't remember. So, who wants to go first? I can go first if you want. Doesn't matter to me. Let me go on. Um, well, my first thing is baking. Ooh, okay. I love baking. And the weather is starting to cool off. I don't have my air conditioner on every single day, which means soon I will be able to turn the oven on again and bake delicious, delicious, delicious things. I was trying to come up with a better word than things, but it didn't happen. Uh, delicacies? Treats? Uh, they're not really delicate, though. Um, true. Anyways, I'm planning mm, to bake okay. so many pumpkin pies. <gasps> it's gonna be good. I, I do envy the pumpkin pie bit. Uh, I'm, we're not huge consumers of baked goods in my house, mm -hmm. and I am so not a baker. I understand. <laughs> It, it requires too much like precision from me so yeah. definitely not my forte but i i do enjoy pie it's and it, it yes i love pie and uh right now all i have is lots and lots and lots and lots of cake and not the same well i enjoy cake too as you know yeah yeah i just i have too much cake. I don't right think now. you know what too much cake is until you've been at my house the day after my birthday. Well, that's fair. Though, so, anyway, um, there, there was a, a family thing and a miscommunication about who was bringing cakes. So there's a lot of cake. Gotcha. <laughs> so yes, I was going to ask you: Do you watch any of those baking shows? I don't. But that's more okay. of a like I don't watch much TV. Right, and right. I, I hate reality television. Mm, okay. So that's why it's not against baking in general. I, right, I might right. give 
the Great British Bake Off. Yeah, there we go. Um, a try. Okay. Um, just because everybody I know loves it, but mostly mm-hmm. I think it'll just make me hungry. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. But anyways, I'm also looking forward to making my sugar and spice cookies. Um, mm-hmm. My friend and I usually get together in December sometime and just make like six different types of cookies that, and then split mm. them up. Like I bring a couple recipes, she brings a couple recipes. We spend the right. day together baking. Do you do like a cookie swap for Christmas or do you like give cookies for Christmas? It's more that then we just have cookies. Like, for any time we're doing something, like, I'll bring some. Because my family does, like, three days in a row of Christmas stuff. Yeah. And and so then we'll always just bring some cookies. And, like, any time we just have people over or whatever in December. And then we do Friends Christmas on New Year's. So Mm -hmm. if there's any cookies Mm -hmm. left, we break them out then. But we Mm -hmm. also have to do Pavlova on Friends Christmas. Um, Right. Which I have to make now since our Australian friends abandoned us. I know. Went back to Australia. <laughs> I like that you have like specific things that you do like every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, the cookie thing. And um, yeah. There are two things that I never bake, but I every mm-hmm. year force my mother to. Okay. Which is shortbread, which okay. is literally the easiest thing to bake. I just. <laughs> Like, you mix flour and butter and sugar together and you're done. Right. Um, but for me, shortbread is always... My mom makes that. Well, and I think that... Are there special pans for shortbread, too? Or is it just... Not in my family. And Okay. I, I, okay. I don't know. Um, and then we have these things... So everybody I know makes a version of these cookies and everybody I know has a different name for them. We call them blobs because mm-hmm. that's what they look like. Um, I think the recipe that my mom cut out of a newspaper or something, you know, 50 years ago, called them chocolate yum-yums or something to that effect. It's just, it's a stovetop cookie with um, chocolate and oats and coconut, and you all just like, you just blob them together. Yeah. Um, So the the only time I've ever made those, even though they're the easiest, throw everything in a pot, melt them together, and there you go, uh, I, I completely fucked it up. Mm. So I don't make those because I was made terrible fun of because like I have occasionally made, you know, puff pastry swans, mm, but I can't, right. I can't do this <laughs> stupid stovetop cookie. That stovetop cookie sounds like the kind of thing that I could bake. Yeah. You throw it all together, you melt it. There's no like precise, like, you know how sometimes you need the right ingredients of like baking soda and this other thing in order for the the dough to be the right consistency. It's like no, no, this is none of that. No. This is just yeah. like melty things and enough non-melty things to form blobs exactly. that stay together. Yeah. And you can, yeah. That so that sounds like the kind of recipe I would excel at. Yeah, no, I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime I remind mom that she has to make them for Christmas, she just bursts into laughter at me. I'm like, okay, oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for remembering. You forget everything else, but that, that you remember. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so do you have like uh, baking tools that are your favorites? My KitchenAid. God, that changed oh. my life. Oh. Mm. I, I, oh, Janet changed my life, especially where meringues are concerned. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I love just, it just goes and I can walk away and get other ingredients. And it just, it's just going. Uh, Mixing. So good. Yeah. I love my KitchenAid. What color is yours? Uh, it's white, which is not a color I would choose, um, but it was free, so I don't complain. Oh, no, not at all. If I had to choose, I'd get one of the funky, like, pink or purple, obviously. Right. Now, is there, like, a baking, uh, uh, something you want to bake that is, like, a one-day challenge that sort of, like, excites you, but you're not ready for? Something that you are striving towards? Croissants. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are kind of complicated with how you have to bend and, and roll and and that sort of thing, getting them right. And the instructions mm-hmm. that I was reading on them literally were like, you will not get this right the first time. Oh, geez. And I was like, well, maybe I just won't then. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just I haven't had croissants that are as good as the one that I had in Paris ever. So I, I feel like I need to try making them myself to see if I can have a good one. Like, because I don't really want to go back to Paris. I, f- I feel like the Parisian croissants kind of set an unfairly high bar. It would be like macaron from France or Paris. I mean, I also versus... had some really good macarons while I was there. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know you can buy ones here that are, like, really nice and fancy, but it would be like trying to make your own and then comparing them to the ones you had in Paris. Well, I feel like I could make a macaron that... Would rival the ones in Paris? Well, uh, I don't know, but ri- I just mean I don't think it would be that hard for, for okay. me. Just think from what I've seen that you need to do, it seems pretty straightforward. But it seems like there is, I don't know, the croissants, they take a long time because you have to fold and roll or rolled and fold or whatever and then put them back in the fridge for an hour and then roll and fold and then put them back in the fridge for an hour. That type of thing. Mm. Gotcha. Is that for to get the nice flaky texture? And so basically you make the dough and then you put like a thick piece of butter over all of it. And then you're Mm. folding it and rolling it out so that the butter is still like, so that there's layers of dough, butter, dough, butter, dough, butter. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. without hopefully, like you have to keep putting it in the fridge so that you're not fully mixing the butter in. Right. Right, so it stays like solid butter in between. Understand. Understand. So, that's that's a challenge that I should probably do someday, but so far I have not. Sounds time-consuming. There's that also. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I love to bake. Let's see. How long have you been baking for? I don't know, my whole life. Your whole life? Yeah. Do you remember, like, baking as a child? Like, is this something you did with your mom, or...? Um, I did it with my mom for a bit, but then, Mm -hmm. like, especially, we had this one chocolate chip cookie recipe that we made a lot, and Mm -hmm. after a while, my mom was like, no, you've done this enough, you're good. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) I see. And I like, now that I'm older, I understand that while there are some uh, instructions that you absolutely have to follow... The amount of vanilla is not one of them, and you should always double that. Right. Yeah. Just eyeball and splash it in. Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla. Mm -hmm. I did do a little bit of baking as a kid. Whoa. 
I know, amazing. Uh, we had an Anne of Green Gables cookbook. Interesting. And the only recipe I remember from it was pound cake. Okay. And so my, until I was like a teenager, we didn't live anywhere where there was like a store within walking distance. Mm -hmm. So when my sister and I were in that like tween stage, if we wanted a treat, but we were out of something, we would then bake the pound cake. Hmm. And and we got, from, from my recollection, we got pretty good at it. If it's the only thing you bake, you get pretty good at it. I'm, I mean, chocolate chip well, cookies I've been baking since I was like seven years old. I make right. a mean-ass chocolate chip cookie. So you know how to get them the right way so they don't like spread too much of the thing and get too crunchy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for that, that's just following the instructions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, and I would love to, like, find this cookbook again and try and make the pound cake again. Interesting. And see what other recipes were in it. But uh, my sister doesn't have it, and I'm sure my mother doesn't have it anymore either. My um, pound cake is not my favorite because of the density. Mm-hmm. But it's not my least favorite, which is angel food cake. Oh. Oh, really? No, I, I can't stand that stuff. See, those have very different densities, so I would thought that if you didn't like one because the density... No, angel I don't like the flavor. It's got that weird, like, tang to it almost. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, see, I like more coffee cake style of cakes. Yeah, I do enjoy a good coffee cake. Yeah. So I always feel like pound cake is sort of like leaning towards that direction but um i did sort of before we started look into like the history of baking and obviously it all sort of started with <laughs> bread which right. is something that i haven't really ever baked uh okay because i i mostly bake desserts right although i have baked rolls i did do home economic in grade eight mm -hmm. and we did uh a little bit of baking for that that was all of the cooking portion was baking. So we did scones, which was a good recipe. It turned out well. And again, I wish I had that recipe because it was simple. And uh, we did pizza dough. If you need a scone recipe, I have like five. They're, and they're all pretty simple. I will consider it. Okay. Let me know. Okay. Because my husband makes a scone, but it's a chocolate scone. Oh. And that's... I do like a savory scone. Yeah. No, you need like... Mm. A good raisin scone that you just cover in jam and cream. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I, I was yeah. going with the history of you baking. You were going to tell us now about the history well, of baking. The, I was just going to say that the Wikipedia article that I was reading, that's literally as far as I went, um, <laughs> What also just talked about how baking relies on the freshness, you know, like how it mm -hmm. comes out and it smells and... Especially where bread is concerned, how it, like, you know, you get that fresh sort of smell and touch. And and uh, I just thought that that was interesting how it, you know, that, that well, first day, baked good. That's what everybody mm -hmm. wants. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how you mentioned that because somebody just uh, posted uh, an instant pot bread recipe. But they said, like, because it's done in a, the instant pot pressure cooker, it doesn't form a crust. Yeah. And so then people were like, well, then is it really a bread? Or is it a weird dumpling? Or, you know, what is it? 
and it's, it's like just how much of our other senses go into inform yeah you know the whole picture of baking and the enjoyment of it yeah so i just thought that that was interesting because it, it tells somebody laid that out for me in words i probably wouldn't have even thought about it right but when i read it i was like oh yeah when it comes out of the oven and then mm. like you you put it in your mouth even though it's still too hot but you have to that's the best part right other than the burnt tongue you get afterwards <laughs> anyways i'm really excited for all the pumpkin pies i'm gonna bake this year and i might try a raspberry pie which i've never done before mm. Mm. i bet the difficulty in that would be like reducing it enough so that it's not like soup uh, yeah honestly i've never even looked at a recipe so that's fine mm, okay all good and I would just like to state for the record here my preference for butter crust over uh, shortening crust. Mostly because I find shortening to be the most disgusting substance on the planet and don't like touching it. Okay. Gotcha. My brother-in-law bakes pies and now I'm wondering what he has used in the past for crust. He's a vegetarian, so I... I well, I guess there's vegetable shortening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. It's just... Oh, it's good. Oh, oh, I just don't like it. <laughs> I get um, I don't remember if it was school or a friend so- somewhere had like a big tub, like a giant, mm. like you cannot, you cannot imagine how much shortening was in this tub, and it was just like solid a tub of solidified fat, and I just I, uh, 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 I just can't, I don't like shortening, butter all the way, which I understand is also solidified fat. It's all in my head, but whatever. <laughs> So, Jen, what is your thing? All right. So, my thing is also kind of seasonal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I uh, wanted to geek out about, like, school and office supplies. Oh, very nice. I know. I know. It's back to school season. And uh, I have been wandering through Walmart into their school supply aisles just to, like, take in the smell and uh, the sites, and I've been very restrained in purchasing anything this year, which is good. But I've just always loved school supply season. Me too. It's just so, I don't know. And I feel like I never have enough of things. Like, it's always like, oh, wow. Like, I'm always losing post-it notes. Even though I know we have not, like, physically used them all up in my house. Mm -hmm. It's always like, I feel like I need, like, another half dozen packs of post-it notes. Just in case. Just. Just in case. So, yeah, what should I talk about more with school supplies? So, I am definitely a pen person. Me too. Yes. Now, Jen, I have a question. Yes. Have you discovered the wonderfulness of Japanese pens? Um, like, just all of their cute pens? Or is there a specific pen? Just their their cuteness, but also their, their, like, their pen options that you can order from the internets. Oh, I have not ordered any from the internets. And, like, I, in the past, have had a few very nice pens. Mm-hmm. Um, like the kind that you get like in a box where you get a pen mm-hmm. 
even though it's just like a ballpoint pen in those cases. And uh, they've all sort of like dried up or gotten lost, mm-hmm. things like that. So I currently don't have any really nice pen, but I also kind of feel like I should hold off on a really nice pen purchase just because my life is not such that I could like have a spot where it always goes back to. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to just like have it in a drawer and never have it handy to be used for fear of losing it, then I feel like what's the point of having that pen right now? Mm -hmm. Uh, So right now I just use like whatever cheap ballpoint pens there are. I did, one of the things I did buy this year was a pack of colored gel pens. Very nice. Yes, and I've so far kept them hidden. I also bought a new pack of Sharpies. (laughs) Kept them hidden. From my children, yes. Um, Because every pack of pens that I get, they think that, you know, are for their crafting. Ah. And, uh, no, no. And, uh... I definitely actually prefer, like, a ballpoint to, like, a felt tip. Okay. See, I'm one of those weirdos who prefers a fountain pen. Uh, oh, you like a fountain I pen? I like a fountain pen. It's just so... It, 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 it's scratchy and smooth. Yes. I like that. I can see that. I don't think I've ever been kind enough to my pens. Or, you know, I feel like I haven't had, like, a nice enough thing to write my my printing and writing it's very messy mm-hmm. so i often feel like i don't want to get something too nice because it's just wasted on like my messy oh, printing and handwriting i have messy writing also i don't even care it just makes me happy okay well that works for you mm-hmm. uh, i also bought myself a new notebook to write in Ooh. even though like i had other notebooks that were not finished you've uh never worked in a bookstore no, I have not. Yeah. The amount of notebooks I have is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. There's there's no other way to describe that. But also, I try and, like, limit my paper use. I'm very digital. But you like pens. But I do like pens. I do have to do a certain amount of writing just for, you know, my work. And See, now here's what you should life. do. You should get a, a nice fountain pen and only have it at work. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, people would take it? Oh, yes. Okay, well, only use it at work. Keep it in your purse. Because <laughs> then you could feel like Miss Important Insurance Agent. <laughs> <laughs> when you pull out your schnazzy pen. Ugh. Yeah, that that is somewhat of a possibility. And if I had, like, one of the issues at work is that depending who we are working with, we might sit at a different desk. Right. So, like, if I ha- if I knew that no one else was going to sit at this desk on a regular basis, yes, I would totally invest in a really nice pen. I would get a much nicer stapler. <laughs> I would get a very nice letter opener. Uh, because the amount of mail we still receive at work is kind of ridiculous. I have a few, like, larger office supply things as well mm-hmm. um so i have a paper cutter mm. like one of those um guillotine style with the arm that you lift up and chop down with what do you use that for cutting paper right but oh wait, how does it i don't oh okay okay no never mind i got it i got it sorry it's like if you ever use the giant paper cutter in your school yes sorry when you said guillotine 
That's what I was picturing. And I was like, <laughs> what paper fits? Like, what? How? But then my brain caught up. Okay. Um, yes, I can see your confu- <laughs> confusion about how you would set up a novelty guillotine paper cutter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I actually asked for that for one of my graduation presents. I think that was from high school, actually. Jen, I think that's the nerdiest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> and we do a Star Trek podcast. I know, I know. At the time, I was, I knew I was going to be a teacher. Like, that's oh. what I was going to college for. Okay. So, it really made sense. What changed uh, that? Uh, many factors. Economic, political, and and otherwise. Okay. <laughs> I... I I just gave up my teaching certificate this year, which is silly because now, like, I know people who are teachers who are like, I could probably get you a job as a teacher, even though you haven't worked in a a classroom in a decade. Um, The other very special to me office supply that I have is my label maker. Okay. Um, I label quite a few things although not as much as you would think and my sister-in-law keeps borrowing my label maker and i'm trying to decide if i should just buy her her own but uh we actually label all of our computers now okay wait at home or at work at home yeah at work we stickered them how many computers do you have at home Mm -hmm. Mm, well we each have a desktop. We have two old, old laptops. Mm-hmm. We have one of those, you remember those really teeny tiny laptops, the netbooks? Mm-hmm. We have one of those somewhere, I'm not sure where. Or maybe it got recycled. And then we have another newer laptop. And then... So more computers have, than people. Oh, yes, yes. Many more computers than people. Oh anymore so we label like the computer with the year it was purchased okay and the year and month usually and then my husband sometimes swaps out parts so i try and keep track of what he's doing and when and make a label for that too on the computer so that when your computer's acting up and you're like oh why uh," and you're like how old is this thing and you just look and you know that, oh, wow, okay, yeah, this hard drive is this many years old. That is probably nearing the end of its active lifespan, which means we now have to start looking for a replacement. Interesting. Yeah. It's been remarkably handy to just, like, know exactly how old your laptop is or exactly how old this computer is. So that's one of the, the stranger things that that I've labeled. That, that does seem useful. Yeah, and then at work we didn't use the label maker, but because we have like three workstations, um, we named them animals. And then we got stickers Mm -hmm. that corresponded and then stuck a sticker on it. Of an animal. Of an animal. Mostly because when you're dealing with people who are not computer savvy, Mm -hmm. who have network problems, and you ask them can you see this computer and they're looking at the computer on their list of things and it's named like some combination of random letters and numbers 
that is much more difficult for them to communicate clearly back and forth versus I can see the tiger PC. <laughs> you know, my computer can see the tiger computer, but it can't see the blah, blah, blah. You know? Right, gotcha. Especially when you're dealing with people who are not computer savvy. You know. Gotcha. When you when you see a list of things in a computer folder and it's labeled tiger, you know exactly what that is. Yes. Um, so yeah, so my label maker mm -hmm. and then my other major piece of school office equipment that I love, that I am so happy to have purchased, is my laminator. Interesting. Oh, it's been so wonderful. For what? So the most... Oh, so many things. Okay. A lot of it is like child-related things because um, uh, like my oldest son is autistic and for a long time um, he was having challenges with certain routines and he was not able to read. So we would have to make like a visual sequence of the, the things. Right. And if you print that out, and you give it to a three-year-old, right? Um, it's gonna get destroyed. Yes. So you print it out and you laminate it, and then it's no problem. And he loves uh, animals, and for a long time he loved the zoo. Mm -hmm. And so I printed out a map of our zoo, and laminated it, because again he would carry it everywhere, and put it down and pick it up and point to things and like. It was falling apart, right. so laminate it. Uh, the most recent things, uh, we made nature bookmarks over the summer. Mm -hmm. We went out and picked leaves and flowers and pressed them and then put them on little strips of paper. And then I stuck them in a laminating pocket and laminated them and then cut them out into the bookmarks. And then the other thing I've recently done, because they kept uh, mixing up and... Uh, not properly putting away their Pokemon card decks. Mm -hmm. So I printed out the deck list and I laminated it. Do you force your children to put their Pokemon cards away precisely? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> with Pokemon, because we play, it's not just collecting cards. Yeah. The decks and the games are designed to have 60 cards. And... The number of, like, the types of cards of Pokemon to energy to items, mm -hmm. you kind of have to have a certain balance in order to play successfully. Right. So, part of the problem was, is, like, their deck boxes were not closing properly, and they would take the cards to Grandma's and back again, and the cards would all fall out, and then two or three decks would be mixed up. Right, okay. So, it's mostly so that it's like, okay, well, they ended up basically with like four or five decks all mixed up. And we'd put them together before, but again, we'd just printed out the list of cards on paper. Mm -hmm. And then the kids had like, you know, carried them somewhere. They've gotten some, you know, ended up being destroyed. And so this way, especially for my son who can now read, I can hand him the laminated list, the box of cards, and a dry erase marker. And he can like cross off the cards as he puts them together into their proper deck and sort them. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I love my laminator. That is something that would, well, it might get use for D&D &D purposes. 
Mm -hmm. Because right now I just put stuff into, like, those paper-protecting sleeves and write with um, dry erase markers on them. Yep. And that's very useful. uh, when we were playing D&D, we did laminate a few things for that. Mm-hmm. And the paper cutter has been also very useful for for D&D purposes. And then our theme parties and, like, creating invitations and cutting them all to size and things like that. Meanwhile, I just, like, yell dates at people. Be at my house. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm not sure if I've told you. Be at my house. November 24th. Oh. November 24th? Yeah. It's late this year because a friend of mine's going to yeah. be in town. Okay. I have no idea who I've told and who I haven't told. Okay. See, but our parties are theme parties. Mine is chocolate, I mean, cake and champagne themed. Well, true. And if you wanted to make a card with, like, that look, anyway. That is a level of effort I do not possess. Okay, I'm making a note right now. Uh, that I apparently have to nerd out about theme parties one year, one time. I am happy to be invited to a theme party. We have not had the time and effort to throw one in a while because it's a lot of work. No, I, I, I just mean I like them. I'm just not. Oh, I'm not a person to throw one. Gotcha. Okay. I honestly don't know if I'd go to one thrown by you because I don't know any of your friends. Well, that's fair. So I'd show up and be like, "Well, I will sit in this corner." And hope no one talks to me, because they don't have an animal I can interact with. <laughs> well, if bringing an animal's on theme, then somebody might have one. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so here's one that's kind of meta. I like okay. podcasts. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I don't mean making them, although I, like that's not what I'm talking about today. I like listening to podcasts a lot. Uh-huh. Do you remember when the first podcast you ever listened to and when you did that? Um, I don't remember when, and I don't remember which one was the first, but there was a short list in the beginning, and it was at least a decade ago. Yeah. Mine was about 2007 also. Okay. Yeah. So what was your first podcast? It was MuggleCast. Uh, because while I'm a big nerd and I do have a lot of friends who are also big nerds, I am Mm -hmm. awkward about talking to people about nerdy things in person. So I just wanted to have good in-depth conversation about Harry Potter and podcasts brought me that. Mm. And I don't know if Harry Potter fans out there remember 2007. That was a big year for Harry Potter. Mm. Uh, the final book came out. The fifth movie came out. It was huge. It was insanity. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I did. And then quickly from there, I got into some other Harry Potter podcasts. And then I don't remember how, but I know my first non-Harry Potter podcast was Stuff You Missed in History Class. Oh, okay. So I've been listening to that for whew, quite a while also. And then I got into I... some of the other Stuff You Missed podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it's grown from there. Right. Gotcha. The early ones for me, which I guess you could say were very on brand for me, uh, were, I don't remember which was first, but the three earliest ones I remember, one was called Geek News Central, Mm -hmm. 
which I believe is still running today. Uh, but I don't like listen to it any anymore. Mm-hmm. One was called Lip Gloss and Laptops. Nice. Which <laughs> I like. I like was, the sound of that one. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, local hosts to us, and it was a Canadian beauty podcast, mm-hmm. which was really important then, because like back then, I'm not even sure if Sephora shipping to Canada was an option. Yeah, and like certainly, like the stores didn't exist here. Oh, no, no. Um, And then the third one was uh, Will Write for Wine. Oh, I I remember you talking about that one. Oh, yes, I have talked about that one. That's when I came to from NaNoWriMo. Have we known each other for... No, we wouldn't have known each other in 2007. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to... Well, when... I'm trying to think what years we did NaNoWriMo together. It would have been 2010. Okay. Okay. I, I just remembered I was in I was in college when we when I did gotcha. all those times. So yeah, okay. 2010. So the will write will write for wine may have been after the other ones, or but 2009, I guess. So yeah. I graduated 2010. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. It doesn't matter. That's okay. Okay. So yes, I do. Oh, I guess that is almost a decade, actually. Jeez, crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if I did it my first year of college, then that would have been 2008. In which case. That's a decade that we may have known each other. Crazy. Right. Anyways, sorry. Why I originally wanted to listen to podcasts that I described is why I really love podcasts. It's just really great to me that you can be super into something. And even if you don't know anybody else who's into it, you can find your people. You know, you can find the conversations that you want to be having. And yes, sometimes it is a little frustrating that you can't respond real time, but at least it's something that you can explore and learn more and and that sort of thing. And I really love that about podcasts. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, There's too too, too many, too many. It's impossible to keep up. And I'm also in that too many category. But I keep, I keep wanting more. And it's, 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 it's good and terrible. It's good and terrible. Yep. Yep. And, but I, I just love them. And I love that stuff you missed in history class is still in my my podcast app. And like, you know, mm-hmm. that there's things that are still going and are still good. Although I have a confession to make. Mm. Uh, stuff you missed in history class is the podcast that I currently fall asleep to. So I don't usually end up actually listening anymore. <laughs> That's funny. I don't I don't <laughs> listen like to every episode the way I used to. I just listen to the ones that I'm interested in. Right. And I know we're coming up on October, so they'll be doing their creepy episodes. And then uh, yes. usually in December, they do like Christmassy or holiday themed ones. Not always just Christmas, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And that I love. And I love every year going back and listening to their old creepy ones. Uh, it's good stuff. They do some really good unsolved mysteries that will unsettle you for days. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I do like those ones, too. And I will, for certain topics, very purposefully, like, listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, like, I had to re-listen, because they did one on P.T. Barnum. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I listened to that one uh, shortly after I watched The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, they're good. I love them. Mm-hmm. Now, I've realized over the years that people have different, like, podcast tastes Mm -hmm. 
So, like, uh, I was just conversing with somebody on Facebook because she was saying that she really dislikes banter and she finds it unprofessional. Yep. And so she really likes professional podcasts, not just because of the editing, but because of the hosts have a sense of, like, radio timing where you can only talk so much before you have to have an ad break. And so it kind of um, keeps up down the... the never-ending banter Mm -hmm. and it was i just always find it interesting so how would you describe your podcast taste i do enjoy banter if like if i like the people you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i don't think i listen to ones where i don't enjoy where like i wouldn't enjoy the banter because i've also seen people say this how uh um that podcast should never have banter and blah 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 unless you're like a famous person who people care about like knowing more of and i'm like i don't feel that way i love getting to know the hosts of shows that i listen to mm-hmm. you know like uh, mm-hmm. a good a good example is friendshipping you know where they right there was that like five episode series where trin would relate this weird adventure that she was having with her therapist and it was entertaining and interesting and it, it's a fun way to get to know uh the hosts i think mm-hmm. and i guess i feel like if you're listening to, like, obviously I don't want it in something like, uh, like Welcome to Night Vale or uh, a, a fiction podcast like that. One like, of the yeah. radio drama type yeah, ones. obviously. But, mm-hmm. like, I have a friend who only listens. Literally, this all she listens to are crime podcasts. Like, real crime. And mm. I guess I can see where banter would be awkward in those. Right. But... Yeah. I have no problem with banter. Mm-hmm. I especially like banter in podcasts that do ads because then they don't feel like <laughs> sometimes the what the hosts talk through the ads mm-hmm. um if it's not one that has a sort of conversational tone already mm-hmm. it's really awkward when suddenly it's like now I'm going to just chat about my mattress even though I haven't been talking about anything personal at all so far. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's but it can be jarring. I, I don't mind that. I, if, banter doesn't bother. If, I like banter. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, if it's not a podcast that has a little bit of banter anyways, mm. if they just suddenly are now, like, talking through an ad. That's true. See, it can be jarring. A lot of the podcasts I, I listen to, though, are designed around them. Like, the whole thing is banter, basically. Like, like mm-hmm. friendshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I really like Sawbones, which... okay is like there is information and there's things that they have to hit in that but it is really just them talking back and forth you know right yeah and and that sort of thing so i like it gotcha yeah i'm also mostly on what i what i call conversational podcasts Mm -hmm. so where uh it's relaxed and some are more informative some are less informative but uh, I like feeling as though I'm part of that conversation. Yeah. And I think that's like that feeling is one of the reasons why I suggested we do our recommendation section because it mm-hmm. gives us, you know, a chance to a chance for listeners to get to know us outside of right. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Although this whole summer has basically been that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yes. <sighs> So that's my second thing. I love listening to podcasts and I have been doing so for over a decade. 
and I suspect yeah. I will continue to do so. Oh, I was quick. I also love that they're very non-gatekeepy. Like, doing a podcast is pretty cheap and pretty easy. Um, like, it's not as cheap, but it, it gives a lot of um, voices to people who wouldn't otherwise have them. And that is also a thing that I really like about them. Right. Yeah. So, okay. that's me and podcasts. All right. Okay, so the other nerdy thing that I was going to talk about is something that I am a beginner at, mm -hmm. that I'm just sort of reinvigorating my interest in. I've been interested in it for a long time, but I'm just sort of getting into it again. And that is tarot cards. Interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, I have been sort of interested in them for a long time. Mm -hmm. But, and I bought a deck a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. And when I first got them, I mostly just used them for uh, writing. Yeah. So it would be a good way, like, to flesh out a character. Because um, you could, like, have your character in mind. You could draw a few cards, see what those images suggested and the keywords and concepts behind them were. And then you could sort of see if you could work that into the character through past events or their current conflict or uh, their personality or things like that. Um, as opposed to just starting with a blank slate. It's sometimes sort of fun to add that random element in or if you got stuck or things like that. Again, something I picked up from the podcast, Will Write for Wine. Nice. Yeah. Um, but then, like, we moved a couple times and my deck was in a box and I, you know, kids and all the chaos that that entails. And then lately, one of the people I know on Twitter has been sharing more of her tarot experience mm -hmm. where she's been doing, uh, she started doing Tarot Tuesdays where she will usually do a poll on which of her decks to do. And then she'll do three cards and... Uh, she'll sort of, like, ask her Twitter followers, like, which card speaks to you. And people will answer her or whatever. And then later in the day, she'll reveal the cards and do a reading. And uh, it was really interesting to see uh, her readings, first of all. Because I've never gone to somebody and had my tarot cards read or anything like that. And the few things that I saw like 10 years ago I didn't find super accessible mm -hmm. but now she was doing this like sharing some of these tarot things and I was suddenly with her feeling more connection and so and then a new podcast started again there's our podcast uh, connection mm -hmm. called uh, the holistic tarot agency mm -hmm. and it's three friends it's super casual it's very low gatekeeping uh, they don't try and be super um, super spiritual about it. Um, they take it seriously, but they also have fun. Right. And so again, made it super accessible. And so last week I bought myself another tarot deck. Um, partly because the tarot deck that I bought years ago, the booklet for it is like 
long, long gone. lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it makes it a little harder to learn the cards and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so now with the regular podcast happening and I got a couple apps on my phone, I'm able to sort of more regularly look at the cards and read about the traditional meanings and remember them better. Because that was the other problem I always had is it was like, there's 78 cards in that deck and I am a perfectionist. So I always kind of felt like I had to learn them all before I could really start practicing. Ah, see, I would think like, and, the more you do it, you, you you would learn it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, doing it would help you learn it. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's also like, if you don't have a framework outside of like, general pop culture understanding of reading tarot cards Mm -hmm. it's difficult to practice Uh, but again I, i was using it more for writing in the past and now i'm using it more for a chance for meditation and reflection Mm -hmm. and also just to indulge in some of the beautiful artwork that's fair some of them are quite beautiful Oh, yes. Yes. So, and then the the one I ended up picking, the artwork in it, it's the Line Strider Tarot. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of got like a watercolor and uh, ink art style, mm-hmm. which is very reminiscent of a local artist that I like, whose calendar I have up on the wall. So it just kind of like spoke to me. And yeah. So that is one of the things I'm currently nerding out about. Cool. Do you, uh, feel free not to answer this question. I can cut it out. But do you do okay. this in like, do you feel a, 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 it in a spiritual way? Or are you just, um, are you just, uh, f- you're just feeling it out right now? Well, okay. So some people go to tarot for like, uh, divination. Mm-hmm. And I don't precisely follow that. And the more I learn about tarot, the more I'm coming to understand that a lot of people have the philosophy that it might be divination, but the cards aren't in control of your life. So even if you have a reading that foresees something in your future, it's not necessarily that that will come to pass. It's that maybe you're now becoming aware of it and can take control of it and shape it to something else. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I don't even try and get like a sense of, you know, and that's the other thing that I probably stopped me from practicing in the past was because if you have this idea that you're supposed to ask questions about the future, but you aren't buying into that, Mm then obviously you're not going to do it as much. Uh, So now I take it more as like a chance to reflect. And I think oftentimes when you look at something and something jumps out at you, it's more because of whatever is going on internally for you in that moment. And so this is sort of a way of me holding up a mirror and saying like, what's, what do I see right now in this? And let me take some time to think about my life with that in mind. And uh, way back when I was a practicing Christian, mm-hmm. I used to do a similar thing where I would open the Bible to a random page. Okay. 
and read whatever verse like jumped out at me, whatever caught my eye. And so I'm seeing parallels in what I used to do with that uh, spiritual text with what I am doing with the tarot cards right. now. So I guess you could say that it is, you know, a spiritual practice. I'm thinking of it as a self-care practice. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And uh, just so you know how nerdy I am, my very first deck that I bought years and years ago mm-hmm. is a dragon tarot deck. Very good. Yeah. I have a set that I'm planning to use for a D&D probe. Okay. Yeah, that would be useful. Because I'm going to give my players the deck of many things. Mm. Although carefully okay. selected cards from the deck of many things. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, mm-hmm. I was raised as, a, you know, a non-religious household. So obviously I went through a tarot mm-hmm. phase when I was younger. So. Right. I have my tarot cards. You do. Yeah. See, and like, I could see the, the, um. Not to belittle it. That sounded very belittling. I just meant that everybody goes through a phase. And whether or not it sticks is up to the person. It It is a very common, uh, I feel like in our generation, yeah. a teenage girl yeah. thing Which to go through. I've always thought, like, I feel like in our generation, the mainstream for lack of a better term better term uh faiths were questioned a lot and have continued to be since then but just Mm. because you didn't buy into that doesn't necessarily mean you didn't want some sort of a connection or to believe in something right so i thought that 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 just makes sense to me that people try it out at the very least right Right. Especially during the the formative yeah. years where you're trying out a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. You're trying out a lot of things of personal style and beliefs and um, it's part of how you're learning to be a, a critical thinking adult. Yes. So, Anything else about your tarot cards? Mm, I think that is about it that I can think of. And yeah. So that was Nerdfest 4. Yes. As always, if you have further questions for us, feel free to reach out. Uh, uh, we have email at commandofherown at gmail.com, or you can add us on Twitter at commandofherown. We also have Instagram, and I am going to try and share an updated photo of our Star Trek crossword puzzle there, sh- there soon. Uh, you'll find that at Instagram.com slash a command of her own. And if you are wanting to catch any of the Star Trek crossword puzzle clues, those are going up on Twitter with the hashtag Star Trek crossword. And next week we're doing the Enterprise pilot, which we're both very excited about. Next week or two weeks from now? Next time we are doing the Enterprise Pilot. (laughs) Yeah, and next time is our, like, kind of one-year anniversary. I guess it is, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we will be discussing the Enterprise Pilot. Yay. So, 
we'll see you all next time. Yeah. I've been Caitlin. I've been Jen. Bye. Bye. <laughs>